Hello and welcome to Center for Victory's podcast of your best day yet. At Center for Victory, we're here to help unlock, reinforce, and enrich relationships through personal and professional development. My name is Zach Del Turco. I'm an executive consultant here at Center for Victory. And today we have the privilege of talking with Eric Guy, the Chief Victory Officer, about his book, The Life of Victory. Yes, sir. Thanks for being back. Uh, Today we're going to be talking about Chapter 2 of You're Doing Everything Backwards. So why don't you start off and explain a little bit about why you wrote the chapter of We're Doing Everything Backwards. Well, what I saw is just most of... You know, the preface for most people want success, but we're living out of past conditioning. So we're just living, um, you know, unconsciously and and people go to change, but change isn't always logical because we have to deal with the reactive state. Change happens at an unconscious uh, level. Mm -hmm. uh, And instead of being reactive, we have to learn to respond uh, to our environment. And one of the things about when I really take a look at what we're doing backwards, the biggest thing that we're doing backwards is we're not focused on relationships. You know, we have all these issues with drugs, with alcohol, uh, with sex and pornography and shop, even shopping and, you know, retail therapy, retail therapy. We don't want to do any of these things, but we're living reactively. And what I noticed is balance, you know, most people want balance and success. That happens through connection and relationship. I mean, it's just a natural brain thing. It doesn't matter what your personality or anything like that is. So we have to get connected and we're moving further away from that than closer to it. Even though we can reach out and touch someone on social media, it's not like a true connection where there's mm-hmm. balance and, and regulation of that. And, um, and a lot of us are just, through past conditioning, we're, we're really focused on things that don't matter. Mm-hmm. Nobody's taking a, a, a look at... Hey, what matters in my life? What do I want to do? Where do I want to go? Who do I want to be? What kind of things do I want to have? What do you think the currency of a healthy relationship looks like? Well, one one where you can be very self-aware, where both people are very self-aware, where they're very authentic. And the biggest thing is where there's a level of transparency where you're okay with who you are, I'm okay with who I'm at, mm-hmm. I am, and... Like, I, I don't judge that. You know, we can go back and forth and I support it rather than th- saying, you know, well, you're just different, different than me. Well, you know, I just dismiss you. Really, mm-hmm. really accepting those differences and working alongside of them. And if there are there's are any differences, how do I make them more complimentary so we can both grow together? That's good. That's good. Any, anything else on we're doing, we're doing anything backwards that you can... Kind of speak into? No, I think the next question that we're going to get into, uh, we'll dive further in that. About the the unconscious mind. right. Or subconscious, Mm -hmm. and how actually your conscious mind is connected to the uh, subconscious. And we talked a little bit about um, your uh, your recent coaching client that you were meeting with. You know, this person was talking about she wanted this kind of life, Mm -hmm. but her actions spoke a little bit louder than what she really wanted. Right. So how does the, the subconscious really tie into that? Um, because she was speaking one thing, but her actions were, were saying another thing. Right. Um, one, one of the quotes that I like, uh, when the Dalai Lama was asked what surprised him most, he said, man. And he said that, he said, man, because uh, he sacrifices his health in order to make money. Uh, then he sacrifices his money to recuperate his health. And he's so anxious about the future that he doesn't live in the present or the future. He lives 
as if he's never going to die and then dies having never really lived. And that, that's so powerful and in this circumstance, you know, this young lady who wants to get better is telling me everybody's coming down on her because she's going out and partying every weekend and she says, well, don't I deserve that? And I said, you tell me. Yeah. Like, do you deserve it? Is that what you want? Yeah. Right? Because you're telling me you want to be successful and you want to have a, a, a good life and you want these things. And you might say that all week and give that, give that week all lip service and then you go and blow it. You know, doing doing dumb things blowing your blowing your uh you know your paycheck whatever and you want more money but you're going out and just blowing it all and you're not with the right people and get yourself aligned with the right people and a lot of people would just unconsciously we just go through the motions mm -hmm. and we don't think about right to that quote from the Dalai Lama we don't think about what life's supposed to be not how what can I get but how can I give? How can I live? How can I serve? Uh, what can I do to make an impact while I'm here mm -hmm. to be present and then have a future? Yeah. Most people are just living out of the past. They're not present and they're just creating the same future that they had in the past. So they're really just living in the past. Yeah, and you, t you talk about, you know, we've had multiple conversations. You know, you had your best year yet. This was years ago. You had your best year yet as a business, yet you found yourself very unhappy and yeah. the For outside me. yeah outside look again people were like wait you had your best year yet yeah how are you unhappy and you talked about these decision gates based on your role r-o-l-e yeah. speak to that a little bit because i think it could help some people listening and watching that might be in the same state of the unhappiness mm -hmm. uh, because they're not making decisions based on that decision gate Right. Um, you know, when I, when I looked at that, you know, to just go back, I mean, it's years and years ago. Mm -hmm. You know, just had best year. I was starting to go international, selling lots of products. Um, you know, back in those days, it wasn't the MP3 or anything like that. It was the it was the CD. The wasn't DVD. the 8-track? It wasn't the 8-track, no. <laughs> we didn't have that. So I don't even know how you would burn an 8-track, right? But they were CDs and DVDs, and we, you know, we had a whole room just with products in it. It was crazy. At that point, just shelved themselves with products in it. it was like, well, you know, yeah. we get sidetracked. But but anyhow, I mean, it was, you know, I, just revenue-wise, we had just phenomenal year. And I wasn't miserable. I wasn't depressed. Yeah. I just knew I wasn't the happiest I could be. And when I took inventory of that year, you know, the big aha came to me. I said, okay, what do you want? You know, maybe I just lived a little bit unconscious through that year. So I became more conscious of what I wanted. And, and what I asked myself after that year is like, what, what do I really want? Like, who do I want to be? And it was the answers that came back. The three top answers were uh, a great husband, a great father, and a great friend. And when I look back over that year, even though I was still happy, probably happier than most of the population, for me, I wasn't the happiest I could be. Mm -hmm. And so those became my decision gates from that point on. So anytime I make a decision, it's, a, it's not about me being a speaker or an influencer or you know an author or anything like that. It's about am I being the best husband, father, and friend I can be. And when I live towards that, you know, 80, 90% of my time, uh, I feel fulfilled, yeah. but I have to be conscious about it. I think that was your point of just really, I have to take what's unconscious and stop 
you know, just doing things because, oh, I think that's what I'm supposed to do and be more conscious about what it is that I want. Yeah, and, and, and to kind of finalize with our last question, I do want to spend some time on this because I think in America, in the world today, we live from a place of fear yeah. and not from a place of love. And I know you focused uh, on this specifically in, in chapter two of your book about choosing love over fear. Um, talk a little bit about that. Is that something that was born in us that we're more fear focused than we are love focused? Um, where does that come from? Yeah, well, some of it's nature and, and quite a lot of it, especially nowadays, is nurture. I mean, we're just, you have all these people that are anxious, that are depressed, and you know, what happens, I think, is just conditioning, but it's all the stress that we experience now in, in our society. Mm -hmm. We just have all these messages coming at us of, you know, this, that, and the other thing. But what, what we grow up with is a very controlling society, which is fear-based. Like, we can use different words for that. It's just not... Breaking news. Everything's breaking news, breaking right? Breaking news, I mean, and it's all depressing. I yeah. mean, you, and you can just... It doesn't matter what channel you're watching. You know, you can watch any kind of news, and it's just like, ooh. But when you put that stuff in your subconscious mind all the time, it starts to snowball, mm -hmm. right? And, you know, what I, what I look at that... When the, that fear versus love piece, you know, are you externally motivated or internally motivated? You know, in a work environment, somebody that, that I have to externally motivate all the time, they might do good work, but somebody that's internally motivated is engaged and they want to do work, they're productive and they're efficient. If it's my kids, you know, I don't have to, I don't have to externally motivate them all the time. They just want to do that. They want to do well in school. Which I believe kids do want all all kids want to do well. Mm -hmm. We just are so much fear based in our schools and our, our parenting that we can't get out of the way. We we run interference instead of running non interference. I mean fear and love, mm -hmm. and just say you know what can what do I need to do for my kids to make them internally motivated so when I'm away from them they still are doing the same thing, yeah. uh, and it's the abundance versus control in our. In our society, it's that the whole mindset, uh, fear and love of the difference between scarcity, fear based, and mm -hmm. abundance. I mean, when you live in an abundance mentality, right, and don't live in that scarcity, you can live out of our our true nature, our loving nature, abundance, yeah. and and be a giver and not a getter, right? That's good. Yeah. Yeah. And the the big thing is that I ask people, you know, that whole idea of fear versus love. If people are get the book or if they read it or if they want to know how can I get better is like to ask yourself every day am I surviving am I just surviving mm -hmm. am I just unconscious going on reactive mode autopilot or am I thriving am I living life to its fullest and what I say uh, and I think I mentioned this in the book is you know really every person has the ability to write their own rule book for their life and you can either let somebody else write it by their opinions, by past conditioning, or you can step into that and write your own. And what I believe is really everybody wants, deserves, and is created to be happy. So how? give me just one one thing um, between the choosing love and fear. What's one thing somebody can do watching and listening right now uh, before we kind of conclude? What's one thing you can do to change that? Well, that would, I think that would be my last point, yeah. is to wake up and ask yourself, look, do I want to just survive or do I want to thrive? Mm -hmm. 
And if, if that, if, if the case is I want to thrive, then the first step can be be a giver, hmm. not a taker. Yeah, that's good. That's really, really good. So any, any last thoughts, any kind of application or um, sum, sum up of what you think people can Yeah, a couple points. Yeah. I mean, uh, when we're looking at all this, uh, just a couple points to take away. Uh, one, spend some time and figure out what you want mm-hmm. and be more conscious of it. Change uh, Number two, change the script of that past conditioning. Right? Get out of that old mindset. And, and part of that would be number three, become more self-aware. And then number four, put yourself into situations that are more love-based. And we answered yeah. some of that. Yeah. Put yourself in, in more situations that are more love-based and fear-based and begin and continue to thrive. That's good. That's good. And I, I love this quote that you have. You say that you cannot overcome what you do not uh, what you do not confront. Correct. I think that's so good. Like Absolutely. today, your action step is to confront. Whatever you're afraid of. Whatever you're afraid of. If it's speaking, confront it. If it's giving, confront it. If it's spiders. If it's spiders, <laughs> kill it. <laughs> but yeah. uh, we want to thank you guys so much for watching and listening. If you like what you see and heard, go ahead and like. Um, you can also go to the notification. Click on that bell so you get all the updates that are coming out. But follow us at uh, Center for Victory on Instagram and on Facebook. And you can go to our website at centerforvictory.com. And if you uh, want us to to connect on a a deeper basis, you can give us a call at uh, 724-462-8383. And remember, wherever you're at, whatever you're doing, make this your best day yet. Take care. Have a good one.